This podcast is recorded on the ancestral lands of the Tongva people. Welcome to the CreateWell podcast, where we explore the intersections of creativity, wellness, and entrepreneurship. I'm Ray Saragosa, musician, composer, singer, soon-to-be album releaser, <laughs> roller skater. And you can find my work on IG at Ray Saragosa and my roller skating at at Roller Ray. But I haven't been posting in a while, so maybe not. Come back, Roller Ray. <laughs> I will. <laughs> we need you in the world. But actually, I've like, I feel like I've had personal conversations with people who have been inspired by your Roller Ray account. So please come back. That being said, I'm Erica Elon, website builder, small business lover, and painter of the incredible woman in my life. And you can find my work on IG at, at Erica Elon. On this week's episode, we're sitting down with Bethany Yellowtail of the visionary fashion brand, Be Yellowtail, and discussing the roots of why we create what we create. Yes. They said if I want to make it, gotta starve and stress and sell. But if I'm gonna be an artist, well, I want to create well. Yeah, you gotta create well. Episode 12. We're a preteen. We We're in our it. adolescence. And actually, We're in this puberty. is like, this is the last one of our season. Yes. Which we'll be back soon. Yeah. But we wanted to kind of cap it off yeah. and celebrate one season mm -hmm. before we move into the next. Yes. Yeah. And I was talking to my mom about it because my mom listens to the pod Um pretty religiously and I said you know we're gonna take a little break um just a, not too long like a mm -hmm. month or um five weeks or something um and my mom was like that's good because then everyone can catch up <laughs> which is For great because yes. I'm not good at listening to every single episode every of the week. podcast that I follow right so I think this is gonna be a really good opportunity for everyone to catch up with us um and also you know we've been full steam ahead since we started this and it's really, I'm excited to like take a little bit of an exhale and think about new things we want to talk mm -hmm. about and new people that we want to interview. And everyone listening, we would love your feedback on the pod. Mm -hmm. um, we're really sensitive, so only nice things, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take constructive criticism any day. But um, uh, we'd also love to hear if there are any folks that you would like to hear interviewed. Yes. Um, and if there's any topics that we haven't covered that you want to hear about. Mm -hmm. Yes. Please send us the infos because yeah. we really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining with us here to this point. Today, we're super stoked about who we have on because we literally wanted her on since day, day one, one. podcast. So <laughs> day one. this feels appropriate. I think it's the right timing. It's good. Um, but yeah, how was your week, Ray? My week was good. I've had a little bit of a headache all week. This happens because I um, get stressed out. Whenever I get stressed out, I get a headache. Um, and it's kind of nice to know that my body is pretty predictable at this point. Um, I used to get headaches very chronically and awfully um, before. Check out The Cure for Chronic Pain with Nicole Sachs, um, an amazing person. I'd love to interview eventually, but I was on her podcast talking about my battle with chronic vertigo and migraine and dizziness mm. um, that lasted for many months in 2018 and 2019. So anyway, um, it's interesting. Whenever I do get a headache or I feel some pain in my body, um, it's easy to get like panicked and like, oh my God, like when's it going to go away? Mm. But 
I'm trying to see it in a new light and think about every time I feel pain as like this reminder of gratitude, you know, this reminder of the present moment um, and to reevaluate my stress levels. Hmm. And it was so funny. I was in the car with my friend Kim Warnick, who is the executive director of Calling All Crows. I'm name dropping her because everyone needs to look up Calling All Crows mm. and all the work they're doing right now around sexual violence in the music industry and beyond. Anyway, um, anyway, we were in the car. This is just a funny story. It has nothing to do with her work, which is amazing. But I was like, and I'm just about this, and I'm just about this, and I just like, I feel like I have nothing to look forward to. And I literally busted out laughing until I couldn't breathe, and she was laughing so hard because she was like, I was like, I have a record coming out. I have, like, I'm working on this new show that was mm-hmm. just announced that I can now talk about. Yes. Um, which I'll talk, I'll talk about that another time, but I'm working on a new show as a composer. I have a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. I've always dreamt of um, doing, and I think as creatives, sometimes... We dream about these things yeah. and we dream about these responsibilities and then they come to us and we're like, <gasps> what do I do? And so um, anyway, headache and whatnot is just a reminder to remember, a reminder to remember to um, be grateful for what I have mm-hmm. and to uh, monitor my stress levels and continue doing that healing work of... Um, you know, of being in the present moment and of um, not letting my thoughts get a hold of me and take me away into headache land, which is what happens when I overthink and mm-hmm. I get anxious. So that's where I'm at. Where are you at today, Erica? I feel like we have parallel weeks because <laughs> my week looked very similar Really, and culminated last night with being like, I am so stressed and I'm like, not like taking it out on people, but I'm yeah. like just not handling the different projects that I've committed to well. And I was just going to sleep and I was like, you know what? I'm so freaking grateful for each of them. Yay. And yes, I may need to start saying no to things. Absolutely. <laughs> Particularly this month. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's like I'm doing what I love and in work that supports other creatives and um tends to be really fulfilling for me Mm -hmm. so just kind of tried to come back to that space and I feel better this morning yeah and it's like very much related to what we talk about with Bethany (laughs) as far as um what are we saying yes to what are we creating in the world and why are we doing that yeah we need to zoom out sometimes Mm -hmm. you know see the bigger picture um, what I think Bethany does so well. Yeah. Um, she really sees things from such a, um, just from such a, a, a grand, uh, like large perspective. She yeah. has such a hold over what she, like she's so rooted yes. in her creativity as like her sense of center and her sense of self and what she wants to put out into the world and what her mission is. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, before we get into Bethany, I just wanted to tell you that I'm so grateful for you, Erica. I'm so grateful for you. I won't cry. Um, I guess another a lot of people don't really know like our friend, our na- the nature of our friendship like really was born out of quarantine, mm-hmm. and um, we met this year in 2020, the beginning of 2020, mm-hmm. and 
um, you know, I had just moved here to Long Beach. Uh, Erica had been living here and we were connected through Lehigh Thunder Voice Eagle. And literally we had hung out like a couple times before mm-hmm. quarantine and then quarantine yep. hit and I was like here and just like your energy like took me in <laughs> and just like you adopted <laughs> me into your wonderful circle of love and creativity. And so I'm so grateful for you. And um, I'm so grateful for this podcast Ugh. and I'm so grateful for our life together. In I know. <laughs> and like, it's not ending. We get to keep going. What the heck? Just We're because so season lucky. one is ending does not mean <laughs> anything is ending. Uh, and so, that's on creative community. It's yeah. transformative. Creative community is transformative. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll uh, interview. Uh, inter- sorry. Ugh. I will introduce, (laughs) you will interview Bethany, but I will introduce her. Mm. Um, Anyway, I'm just going to read like the first line of her Wikipedia. Um, Bethany Yellowtail is a fashion designer based in Los Angeles, California. She is known for her work that reflects her indigenous heritage stemming from Northern Cheyenne and Crow tribes. Um, She serves as designer and CEO for her line, Be Yellowtail. And Bethany has been featured in Vogue, Cosmopolitan, LA Times, you name it. Um, She's everything. She's been everywhere. Um, she's definitely a creative inspiration for everyone I know, For real though, <laughs> you know, in the indigenous community, um, in LA and beyond, um, yeah. Bethany is someone that we respect and just adore and mm. look up to. And I just, um, I'm a huge fan and, I've had the pleasure of being able to work with her, um, performing within her events or modeling for her. And every time she offers me any kind of opportunity like that, I just like, I feel like I'm like a little kid. Um, so excited and living, living my dream. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, over the past couple of years, you know, I've gotten to work with Bethany, but from the beginning, uh, I was just a fan and I just loved her work. I remember I went to, um, I think I met her for the first time at Indian Market in Santa Fe, and I um, bought one of her shirts, and I bought two of her shirts um, because I loved the shirt so much, I decided to get it in two sizes. Cute! That was, like, my first (laughs) Bethany Yellowtail memory. I was like, (gasps) which shirt was it? It was, um, I know, I can't remember the name of the shirt, but it's the white shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it called? It says Protect Her. Protect Her. Yeah, Yeah, the Protect Her shirt. Mm. Ugh. I loved it so much, um, and that was really exciting. I remember like walking up to her booth at, um, I think it was it was inside of Lehigh's gallery, gallery. Yeah, yeah, at Zohai Gallery, um, and I was just it was so funny. I was like so I was like shaking. I was like oh my god. I'm was she at too. the booth too? Yes. Yeah, I'm she's like, like magnetic. She is yeah. just a presence. Yeah, not like intimidating, right. but like you just want to be in her presence. Yes, and it's incredible yeah incredible an incredible presence um and i was so nervous to talk to her but then i bought t-shirts um so yeah and i had such a amazing time listening to the interview last night um i took so much away from it and i think one of the big things i learned from the interview was about really becoming like really rooted and centered in your mission as an artist and what you stand for. Mm. And I think that Bethany does a great job of really knowing what she stands for in her business and never wavering from it. And that is very inspiring because as 
creatives, all of us, everyone listening to this pod, um, whether or not you're, you're using your creativity as a business or not, I think it's really great to really know what your mission is and what centers you and what your alignment is. So when something comes along, whether it's a job or an opportunity, you know whether or not it aligns with you because you Mm. know who you are. And that's something that I'm constantly working on. Um, I feel like I've definitely in my life been influenced by the way I'm perceived or the way um, I want to please people or what I think is going to work or what I think um, is a good idea. Yeah. Um, or feeling like there's a scarcity of yes. jobs or opportunities. So, so you saying have to no kinda... to something mm-hmm. feels like <gasps> yes, the end absolutely. Of the world. <clears throat> and so hearing her talk about that was amazing. And I think for me this week, I really want to reflect on what my center is, what my mission is is and I I know what my mission is but I think getting even like a mission statement or something like that out and just constantly reading it and reminding myself why I create what I create and um just always really marinating in that why and so whenever things get crazy with the album coming out and the this and this I'm all busy and I'm like Mm. it's like work always remembering why Mm. um because the why is something that knows no Instagram followers. It knows no internet or shows or anything. Mm-hmm. The why is an unconditional feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I. That's what I took away. I love my it. favorite part. Oh, She's amazing. So much to take away from her. I so I, I say we just jump. Let's <laughs> jump in! Yay! Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Um, we, You were like one of the first people that we thought, oh my gosh, it would be great if we could interview her. <laughs> so it's it's so exciting to end our kind of first season with you. Um, we're just really honored to have you on here. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here with you guys. Feels like this is the best way to connect <laughs> these days. I know, right? That's the thing. That's what <laughs> I said in a really early interview. I'm like, I actually cleaned my whole apartment just to interview you virtually. <laughs> <laughs> because it feels like we're we're often so disconnected right now, you know, and so this feels the closest to like having coffee with you or hosting you that I can do right now. So thanks for yeah, showing up even virtually, it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, we introduced you a little bit in our introduction, but can you introduce yourself in your own words? Yeah, um, it means hello, everyone. I hope the day is good to you. My Cheyenne name is Sun Road Woman, and my English name is Bethany Yellowtail. Um, I always like to introduce first with um, the original place that I come from, from the Cheyenne and Crow people out of um, southeastern Montana. Um, I am the founder of Be Yellowtail, which is an indigenous-owned and operated fashion and accessories brand. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy to be here with you. And um, of course, we've worked together in many different capacities, so I'm happy to be able to 
talk instead of just being in work mode, right? We're always yes. on the go. <laughs> I know. I I think I told Kim that. So Kim is Bethany's business partner who I just adore. And I told her that when I was coming out to LA to live here, like I was thinking about, okay, what would be like goals of, at that point I was planning some to, to expand on the photography that I was doing what would be some goals of coming out here? And the number one thing was, if I could ever work with you, <laughs> I would be like dead. And it's, oh, so just having the opportunity to to learn from you, to watch you and Kim and your absolute like boss, babe, amazingness and, and participate in even a really small way is an incredible honor. So you're like my goals. <laughs> Well, we're so grateful for you. You're a godsend. And we just have like really um, attributed a lot of our, you know, social media visibility and the way you capture Mm -hmm. photos. Just um, we're just so grateful that that's a really powerful working relationship we have. And we, of course, love you. So, (laughs) well, I so as I was kind of thinking through today and talking with you and you're like our wrap up episode And the thing that kept coming to mind is this idea of visioning for the future that I think you are such an example of um, for so many. And I I just want to hear some about um, the foundations of Be Yellowtail and then kind of currently where it is. Um, The world, there's so much uncertainty right now, or perhaps it's not even like more uncertainty, but just a lot has been unveiled recently, um, which I think gives creatives a big opportunity to imagine a different future. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you can you first talk about how you developed the initial vision of Be Yellowtail? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I moved to Los Angeles when I was um, 17, 18 years old, um, right out of high school. And um, originally come from, again, the Northern Cheyenne and Crow Nations. And um, as a teenager, um, you know, I grew up on my reservation, um, saw a lot of, uh, you know, difficult things as a young person. And at that time, um, I was like, I'm just going to move to the city. I'm not meant to be here. I want to be a fashion designer. And as a really like inherently gifted in creating as a young person, I attribute a lot of that to um, my grandmother and my aunties and, um, who spent a lot of time with me just like making art and, you know, um, showing me how to create clothes and sewing and, and beadwork and fringing shawls. That's like one of my earliest mm-hmm. memories of making, clothing, um, or regalia, a uh, cultural regalia is with my aunt joy. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to, um, make a shawl and fringe it myself. And, and then she took us out to the power arena and had us dance at Crow Fair. So mm-hmm. that's like one of my very earliest, um, memories and, you know, special times I think of when, um, now as a fashion brand, um, that really like created that foundation. Um, but as a young person, you know, I, had, um, you know, went through some difficult things and, um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to leave. And I thought that like being from the reservation was like, you know, I was, I was really angry and I hated being there, um, because of the things that, you know, I witnessed as a young person. And, um, when I got to Los Angeles, I was, um, I came out to, 
come to design school, um, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And then there I had a really rude awakening that like, you know, where I come from is actually really, really special. And um, not very many people know anything about, you know, being a Native person and really have no baseline. And so um, it was really difficult navigating the world and especially the West Coast um, coming straight from the reservation and to a large city and especially a fashion school where, you know, majority of my peers came from like very wealthy backgrounds and, um, you know, also had no even concept of like, who have never met a native person. So um, it was very challenging to navigate like myself really um, to like really stand in, um, who I was when I was, you know, thinking as a young person, um, you know, maybe I wanted something else. And so as I navigated the fashion industry, um, after graduating, you know, it was really there that I, um, just was reminded in some like really, uh, hard ways, like how incredible it is actually to be native, how like Mm -hmm. important and how grounded I am, um, even with the challenges, And Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I was raised knowing where I come from, um, you know, understanding my like cultural identity and um, a lot of people haven't have never and they will never experience that. So um, as I worked in the fashion industry, it became very clear that, um, again, people had no idea like what it is to be indigenous or even have any type of real understanding of that story. And um, I worked for several brands. Uh, I worked in the fashion industry for about uh, six years before I launched my own business. And I worked for some very, like, well-known brands like BCBG Max Azria. Um, I even worked for Baby Fat, which was, like, my dream brand when I was a teenager. (laughs) I was, like... I was like decked in baby fat when I was a teenager. So that was like a full circle moment. (laughs) That's incredible. What's that? What what were you doing for them? So um, as a young industry professional, I actually was a pattern maker. So I worked Mm -hmm. um, really, I, I really am grateful for that experience because I got to work directly with design teams, although I wasn't designing. Um, but they would pass me the sketches and I would make it come to life. So it's basically like a clothing engineer, if you will, um, to like figure out how that sketch and that idea or concept comes to life. So I got to work really closely with design, the creative directors, also with production. So I really got to understand the full scope of like how, clothing comes to be in stores and sold and on bodies and I got to see like the fit process and so I have a really well-rounded understanding of what it takes to create clothing and um of course I saw the good the bad and the ugly of of that process and especially from the design perspective um I was a part of you know like collections where it'd be like a little bit of uh, Aztec this, a little fringe, a little Mm -hmm. beadwork and smash. Like here's a like native explosion of fashion from their perspective. And so it was like really strange to like be, um, you know, again, I was like 21, 22 
Right. Um, and of course had no, uh, authority in, in how those right. things came to be. Um, and so it was really there and really being in the middle of like seeing cultural appropriation happen firsthand from brands like that. And also, you know, my goal coming to design school and coming, leaving home was because I always wanted to have a fashion brand. I was, I loved fashion. I loved baby fat and I loved like, you know, I loved Beyonce and I was like really fascinated by like pop culture because like as a young person from the reservation, like, um, that was something I just was like imagined a different world. And I also at the same time didn't see myself, um, reflected. Designers that you look to or had to look up to at that point. You know, at that time, no. Um, there was a woman locally in our community who made like uh, dresses and did custom things um, mm-hmm. on our res. So I w- I saw people like making things, and of course, we um, inherently I come from communities where creating and making beadwork and mm-hmm. cultural regalia is like prevalent and so I always saw that but I didn't view it as like a fashion designer like I I do now (laughs) like oh like that was actually something we naturally have always been doing and now I understand myself as you know a continuation of the first fashion designers of this you know nation (laughs) like we've always put on like fashion shows we've always created beautiful things with the resources we have and have been always innovated so um but you know it took uh it took the time to really like understand that and be able to have the language around um, understanding myself in that space. So um, yeah, so that's really like how I got started. Um, And, you know, going through those like difficult um, industry spaces and navigating them was where like, I really like found my voice because I didn't, um, I didn't agree with it. I didn't want that wasn't a reflection of the people that I come from and the way um, these brands were designing and, you know, trying to be influenced did not sit well with me. It was not a reflection of the people that I love and that I care for. And I wanted to see myself. Mm-hmm. And so really be yellowtail was a manifestation of, you know, wanting to see the people I love in fashion and wanting to ha- be a reflection of, you know, the cultures that I come from and an authentic viewpoint. And that's me. So um, really wanting to like create something new and a, and a vision for like fashion that didn't exist is really uh, what Tell set out to do and we're doing now. Yeah. And how, how did you make the initial jump into taking ownership and launching the brand? Oh my gosh. Um, it was really scary <laughs> for like, yeah. um, oh it was gosh. so, so scary. I really have so much gratitude for, um, you know, the women in my life who, yeah. who encouraged me. Um, number one being, um, you know, my closest girlfriends, uh, Sunshine Zerda. She is one of my best friends and she, she took the leap herself. And so having an example of a, mm-hmm. a friend who like kind of gave me like that, that push, like you can do it. It's possible. She had come from like the corporate uh, world and then left to, to start her own business as like a DJ and, and personal mm-hmm. trainer and really creating the life that she wanted. And so being around other 
like-minded people who wanted to create with innovation and also wanted to like really take ownership over their like creative life. Um, I think that's so important for, you know, people like us to be around because it's so scary. And when you don't have a roadmap or if you're used to like, you know, I came from corporate fashion. So, you know, it was so daunting to think that I had to do it that way. Like I had to have the same corporate structure and, Um, Really, when I took the leap and during the process, when I started understanding, like, no, like, you don't have to do it this way. Like, you can create something totally new that is in line with your values and the things you believe in because they're not doing it that way and they never will. And um, that gave me so much freedom, to be honest, to um, create the business that is in alignment with, you know, the cultural values I come from and the values as a human being that I have. Um, And that means like everything from the way that we collaborate with people, the way that we pay people, the way that we like source our goods, um, all of those things always go back to like our values as a business and as an individual. And that's also why like (laughs) my business is so um, intertwined in, um, you know, who I'm as a person. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. really hard to separate the two because they aren't separate. (laughs) Right. So So how do you care for yourself within a company that is so inherently part of you and part of your roots? How do you care for you and in turn the company? Oh, man, it's always a, um, a balance, you know, it's always a balancing act. And I don't know if I've ever got it right. (laughs) It's always like a, it's a journey for sure. Um, I think, over the past six years now in December, we'll be celebrating six years in business with um, my business partner, um, Kim Mraz. And she was also like, I give a lot of credit to her for um, helping me take the leap because I was not ready to, you know, leave the comfortable um, corporate paycheck (laughs) because I was so afraid. (laughs) And, um, I didn't had no idea like the foundation of starting a business like the one we have now. And when I met her, it was such a um, like godsend, but also is so in harmony and in sync with like the vision yeah. that she had for herself. And really like when we joined, it just took off. Um, and so she came in as the business leg of, of the brand. And of course I do the creative um And, you know, we've learned so much from each other, but, um, caring for yourself is like always like, no matter what, I don't, I think no matter who you are, no matter what you do, like, is always like a juggling act and it's always like ebbs and flows and is difficult in some ways. Um, but for me, like being, um, grounded in like cultural ways is, has always been something that has kept me like grounded and going like prayer has Mm -hmm. been is a integral part of my life. Um, you know, when I can escape, when I can leave like the city and go home to Montana, like as a young person, you know, I wanted to escape from there, but now it's like my safety and my, like the way that I reconnect and reground myself. So, um, I'm really thankful that, um, I refound that, uh, how special it is to be from a tribal community and, um, you know, thankful that I was put in the place uh, I was put in people's lives and I was put in theirs um, to be reminded like how how really powerful it is to come from the cultural background that we do and that we have all the things we need 
um, even if like, you know, from the Western perspective, it's, we don't have the same resources. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, being home, being in community, being with my family, being out on the land, um, is also how I care for myself and my business. And really when Be Yellowtail launched, it was initially just, uh, a clothing line. And after the first year, um, I actually the first like six months I went home because it was the first time, you know, I had the ability to uh, be home for an extended period of a time. And originally I thought maybe I would just, you know, I was going to enroll in, I enrolled in summer school. Um, I went to Chief Dullknife Community College to take language mm-hmm. classes and uh, cultural art classes and tribal history. I'm just thinking like it would spark a new collection, but the reality is it forced me to, um, spend time with the people I come from Mm -hmm. and know that I have a bigger part to play in, you know, the well-being of our our community. And it was there that um, the collective, which is our artist platform, was born. Um, You know, there's uh, one gas station on our reservation, um, Northern Cheyenne Reservation, and are many of my relatives live well below the poverty line same with my relatives in crow and um unemployment is like nearly 80 percent and much higher now that we're in a pandemic but it's always been like severely high um Mm -hmm. and so i have many friends family relatives who come by um regularly and people really just do the best that they can to get by and that means like selling selling goods, creating things with their hands, um, making jewelry to just to get by. And um, there was one moment in particular where this man came up to me at the gas station and he was trying to sell me some earrings and they were so, so, so beautiful. It's like one of the biggest regrets I have that I didn't have cash to buy them because they would have been framed and be a constant reminder. But I'll always remember that moment because um, he wanted to sell them to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how much? He's like, oh, $15. I just need gas money. And, like, I'm fresh from Los Angeles. Um, You know, I work in the fashion industry and understood, like, these earrings probably should have been going for, like, $120, -hmm. not $15. And they were just so epic and beautiful. But... Um, you know, people will sell their work at that low of a price because there isn't disposable income. And it's the only way for some people just to get by to keep the lights on or to get $15 worth of gas, which we know how far that gets us. So um, it made me really sad. And it made me really angry. And um, I remember calling Kim in LA and be like, Kim, we need to do something. Like, we need to move our manufacturers here. Like, we need to create jobs. And mm-hmm. I was just so, like, mad that, like, our people have to live that way. And my family, like, there were other times I had relatives who came by and they were doing the same thing. And it was just so unacceptable to me. And so the collective was born from that. Like, I really just wanted to use my platform to create opportunities for the people I love. And um, art is such an integral way of life for Native people. And mm-hmm. our people have always created and traded and used it as a way to sustain ourselves. And so um, I felt it was just a natural, um, 
a natural thing to do to add to our business model and, you know, create it in a way that um, really supports our artists. And our business model was created for the collective so that majority profits always go back to our artists. And that's always how it's been, always how it will be. And a lot of people don't know that. It's not like a Mm -hmm. gallery or a regular retailer where you take at least, you know, wholesale price at 50%. It's much higher. So, um, and that's just because we want our people to have, be able to sustain themselves, have fair wages, be able to take care of their family and, um, jewelry and creating art and being entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, our tribal communities is always, has always been alive. So, um, that's just my way of supporting that. And I'm really thankful that it took off the way it did. (laughs) Right. And you're directly changing the narrative because you know more than most people the egregious nature of cultural appropriation and mm-hmm. truly how much money people spend on inauthentic and stolen uh, designs. And so you've you've offered this incredible solution and platform for so many. And I remember at the beginning of COVID, too, you all and it was it was almost quiet the way that you did it. Um which speaks, I think, just to your nature and your constant humility and love, <laughs> the place you move from. But you were sending for some time all of the proceeds to the artists that you work yeah. with. Because mm-hmm. um, just as, like, right, go ahead. Oh, I would say just like them, you know, we were, of course, impacted by the pandemic. Our offices had to shut down. We had to, it was very scary, but we had 30 other artists who were also Mm -hmm. being impacted and um, several of them reached out, letting us know that they had lost their full-time jobs. And, um, you know, it was our way to find, like, we know we'll be taken care of, we'll figure it out, but we want to help take care of our artists. So we're giving um, a hundred percent of, you know, profit back to our artists to help them too. Right. Which just speaks to your your ability to navigate those uncertain spaces. And do you have do you have like recommendations or some um, some encouragement for people who may and likely are in perhaps a difficult spot right now, creatively, business wise, um, entrepreneur wise? Um, how how do you make those kind of pivots and shifts as you move into the future? Yeah. um, Well, from, I guess, this experience of, you know, the time we're in now, um, because it's so uncertain, like, no one really has the answers, I don't think. It's Mm -hmm. so unknown. Um, But for us, what we really just anchored down to were our values. And Mm -hmm. one of the most important things of being a, I think, of being a business, of being a creative, is to really understand what your values are. So that's why you do the things you do. Um, what informs your decision-making? What uh, Really what your purpose is. And so uh, like, we're not just selling goods for the sake of selling goods. Maybe some people are, but for the most part, I feel like the creative uh, people who are listening to this podcast, the people who are in our extended networks, they're people who really believe in something much bigger than themselves and they create from that place. And so um, anchoring down to those values, especially in times of uncertainty, will always help you find your way through. And that's really um, what I attribute the time, like the, 
how we were able to really navigate powerfully through and in the mm-hmm. pandemic is that we really just centered on what those things are and that's community. Um, community is one of the integral values of who we are as a business. Um, our family, um, our cultural values, those things mm-hmm. are our core. And so we made decisions based on those. And so that means we prioritized our community, which is we shifted gears to instead of selling dresses where no one's buying dresses right now (laughs) no one needs to be buying dresses right now we decided to shift gears and make masks to help Mm -hmm. create mutual aid for our people and that in turn we are able to find ways to to keep afloat um also find ways to like make sure as many of the people we uh, you know, care for could get them quickly and our tribes could get them as fast as possible and we could be a resource for them. And um, naturally, like that created ways so that we could, you know, take care of business. And because we're doing it from a place of giving back and, and community. Um, and so I really encourage creative people um, to think about, and if you're not creating goods, you're creating art or you're creating visual visual art like who are you speaking to like who who do you want to see your art what's the message that you want to put out into the world like um and you know in times of uncertainty do you want to create more uncertainty or do you want to create a pulse for people do you want to create um messages of like you know navigating with hope um Mm. and so I really think values are everything to to anchor down to um and especially in this time, like we're still in the pandemic, we're getting close to, you know, an election that is very, um, will be very volatile for many people, especially for people of color and black folks. And so um, mm-hmm. this time we're in now is really critical and like to be really, really mindful and intentional about the messages we're putting out in the world. Cause that's the most beautiful thing I think about creative folks is that we get to start that we get to create the world we want to see and we put it in front of people so that they can walk towards it. That's the most beautiful power thing about creative people. Well, you're making me emotional. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write that down. Uh, The walking towards it is the things for saying all of that. Um, So maybe the last question that we ask everyone, you may have just answered it in fullness, (laughs) but what does it mean to you to create well, Bethany? Um, Yeah, I think creating well is to create with your values, um, to create with a positive intention, to create Mm -hmm. with knowing your community, your people, your loved ones are in mind and to do it in a good way. Um, I always am really uh, conscious of, because I know the things that I create, many, many people touch them, many, many people wear them, that if I am not in a good place, like, how can I expect, like, my art and my creativity to touch people in a good way? And so I always want to create well so that the people who wear it, the people who buy the things that um, we make, who who are also advocating if they're not from native communities, they're our allies and they're, they're moving forward and walking around in the world in a good place. And that's coming from my place of wellness, my 
uh, my creative place and the way I create well. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time with us and just sharing your wisdom because there's so much, so much of it. <laughs> with you. So thank you. Where can people follow along with your work and what should they be looking out for coming soon? Yes. Um, you can follow us on all the social platforms at B Yellowtail, letter B, yellow, like the color and T-A-I-L and our website, beyellowtail.com. Um, we have so many exciting things coming in the next really few weeks. Um, our next fall collection is launching on October 27th. Yay! And it is my most favorite special collection to date. It was filmed and photographed by Erica um, in Montana um, with the people I love, the people I come from. It's all things Absaliga, which is the tribe that I come from. And I'm just so excited for not only people to see the, the designs we created, but to meet the people I come from and mm -hmm. the people that I love. And so this collection is very, very dear to me. And I'm really just excited to, um, to reveal it to our community and to the world. Um, and also to see it out in the world with, you know, it's literally exact, uh, intention and representation of the people that I come from. So I'm really just cannot wait for it to get out there. We can't wait to <laughs> have such a good day. Thank you so much. You too. Talk Bye. soon. Bye. And now for the Create Well Challenge of the Week. For this week's Create Well Challenge, we challenge you to write your creative mission statement. Take inspiration from Bethany and her amazing center and knowing who she is, why she creates, and how that translates into her business. And write your mission statement and share it with us online so we can share it too. Thank you for journeying with us in Creating Well. If you're interested in supporting us, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash createwell. Our Patreon followers will have exclusive access to monthly live Q&As, extra photo content, and giveaways. Thank you to our first patron executive producer, Susan Anderson Nelson. And this week's featured song is an exclusive premiere of my song, Run With The Wolves. That will be on my record, Woman in Color, that comes out this Friday, October 23rd. Be sure to pre-save and pre-order. You can find all of it on my website, raysaragosa.com. Enjoy! softly in the breeze in the clouds I hear them now we used to be so free get back to who
We used to be so free 